1: Fair or unfair, Eddie Jackson as a Bear peaked as a rookie. No, he peaked in his second year. He
0: peaked in his second year in the division championship year of 2018. It's interesting, David, because um, I believe you were were still at the Trib in in 2019, correct? Yes. So we do that panel where we selected our our top 100 Bears going into the 100th season of of the Bears in the NFL. And Eddie Jackson was on such an upward trajectory after his first two seasons that he checked in at number 81 overall on our top 100 list of Bears. You look at what he was doing those first two seasons with the takeaways and the eight interceptions and the four fumble recoveries and the five touchdowns, and we just thought the window was opening for a long career of of sustainable uh, production in the secondary. And then he obviously had the fall off in production in 1920 and 21 got back to a decent level in 2022 played pretty solid went healthy in 2023 but as you know you've covered this league a long time life comes at you really fast in the nfl and now eddie jackson uh, packs up his locker and heads out the door to uh to a new beginning
1: let me try another one which is a little (laughs) bit more subjective true or false eddie jackson got paid and then he became less physical
0: um Unfair. I don't know. I, yeah, a little bit. I don't know that the the two go hand in hand. I think obviously physicality was something that that was lacking uh, in his game at times. But Eddie, at his best, was a ball hawk. You know, when you think back to that run in 2018, um, I, I, I start actually in 2017 on the, the 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 game in October where he had the the first-half touchdowns of 75 yards or more, two of them. One a fumble return, one an interception return. One of the things I fondly remember about that day is that John Fox was so proud, not only of Eddie Jackson's emergence as a rookie, but that he won a football game in the NFL, in the 21st century, in a game in which his quarterback threw seven passes. Mitch <laughs> was four for seven for 107 yards on that day, and the Bears didn't need to do anything else because Eddie Jackson put the ball in the end zone twice. And it was sort of that opening uh, of the door to okay, when, when you have a defensive playmaker mm-hmm. like this, you got to capitalize. And and you, you know well now, uh, we talked about it when Eddie was presented the Good Guy Award in December. He's one of the, the favorite players I've had to cover in that locker room, and I have a great amount of respect for him. Obviously, the consistency of production wasn't where it needed to be. And now, as he gets later in his career and the Bears look to build something for the future, he becomes the latest uh, casualty of, of the business.
1: It is a casualty of the business. It is a, it is a fact of NFL life. I also think that You know, maybe that is an unfair question to ask, but I do think I'll stop asking questions and make statements. Eddie Jackson, to me, was a disappointing player for his last several years with the Bears because I don't feel like he lived up to the salary. I don't think that he was worth what they were paying him. I don't think he was as impactful as he was his first couple years in the league when he raised the expectations that he was going to be a consistent difference maker. I'm not sure he always was. I think that he was unwilling as a tackler at times, or if he was not unwilling, he wasn't the most sound of tacklers. And I think you, physicality, wasn't always a part of his game. He certainly did have good awareness. He certainly was a great guy to have in the locker room. But I do look at this move and think that if you're the Bears and you want to have an elite defense, you have to have an elite. Sta- you have to have elite standards. And I think at this point in time, it makes sense for me to me to move on from eddie jackson well particularly when you look at the numbers the dollars and cents sometimes uh are, are a very
0: reliable compass on what you need to do in that situation. I will uh, not push back vehemently on anything you just said there. I will say that um, that presence that he had in that locker room and that the the, the way he was respected by fellow defenders is important. And, and, and you know uh, as well as I do that Jaquan Brisker really latched on to Eddie Jackson for the first two seasons of his career and used him as a guide and a mentor and, and somebody that has helped him get his career off to a, a promising start. And so Jaquan Brisker is now going to have to take that torch and pay it forward to potentially do a young player that they put in the back end, or if they decide to sign a, another veteran safety there to pair with them, then it's just about recreating that chemistry as best you can.
1: It's a good point. It's fair. We'll hear that a lot in OTAs and training camp and certainly in, in uh, the, the build up and ramp up to next season. I, I do think that, and, and as someone who has done this before and, and will probably do it again, I do think we tend to overstate those things when it comes to players as good as Jaquan Brisker, as good as, you know, offensively, I think we're going to go through this similar thing. When, if they trade Justin Fields, it's going to be, well, you know, we're going to see how DJ Moore reacts and how Colt Komet reacts and what these guys say about, oh, my, Justin Fields is really good in the locker room. All that is true. Fact of the matter is this is a losing football team. It's a losing organization, and you have to make these tough moves. Guys become attached but Jaquan Brisker could have a Pro Bowl season next year with or without Eddie Jackson. No, no doubt. And, and but, I think that's part of it, too.
0: Yeah, I just think that that was a valuable relationship, that they they were lucky enough that those two guys really hit it off. Uh, and then, you know, you flash over to the other side of the ball and you see Cody Whitehair after eight seasons here as a Bear. And uh, the amount of selflessness he showed of being willing at a, a moment's notice to – Uh, shift from center to guard to center to guard to guard to center and, and all of the things that he was willing to do to be flexible and useful for the Bears uh, his time just ran out here but I think when you when you consider what the Bears thought he was on draft night in 2016 and what they were able to squeeze out of him for eight seasons it's a pretty promising run uh, by a guy who carried himself with the professional standards that, that they're looking to infuse all throughout that locker room and so uh, it's another guy that will will walk out the building with his uh, head held high and with with mass amounts of respect from the people that worked alongside him
1: Easy guy to respect, came in with uh, a great attitude and really played uh, wherever they they really wanted him to. And I'm surprised at how his season went. I don't know what happened to him. Psychologically, you wonder if it was something about playing the center position that get the best of him. I don't know. But I do think um, this also makes sense because of the money. Obviously, it was necessary. I wonder if he's got a future in the league. Dan, we see offensive linemen hang around for a long time. Some guys just, they fall off the, the, the cliff quickly. Um, not quite sure what to expect from Cody Whitehair, but he has been a great guy in the locker room, consummate leader, and uh, he'll be missed for an offensive line in terms of the leadership aspect and the versatility. Curious about what you think of the the move will be at free safety and what this does to, number one, draft needs and where the, they prioritize that position, or, okay, Play with me for a minute here. Go with me, my meatball thought. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a free agent. His price tag would probably be around $18 million a year. I don't know if you can pay Jalen Johnson and a guy like that in your secondary because of the disparity. But I also know that you might be looking at a rookie contract that affords you some luxuries you might might not have. What do you think about that possibility? Is that a dream? Is that reality? What is- that seems
0: more more like a dream to me. I think if I'm doing this practically from the seat that Ryan Pohl sits in, I am using the third wave of free agency to find myself a veteran option that can come in on a, on a cheaper – Uh, prove-it type of deal, and then if you get to the draft and the board falls in a way that allows you to to draft a guy there, then you can play that game where you you, you are not drafting out of need, but you're drafting out of value, and you see somebody that can help you there. Um, We'll have a lot more time as we get closer to free agency to talk about the plans. My sense right now, David, is that this team is going to be a lot less aggressive in making the big expenditures in free agency, to your point, they need some money stowed away to, to pay Jalen Johnson. They used some money already to pay Montez Sweat. I think you're going to be kind of looking for, um, you know, second and third wave guys that that provide value for you there. Uh, and then if there is a, a big splash to be made, you want that to be at a premium position, whether that be pass rusher uh, or potentially receiver or somebody that can, can uh, be an instant, immediate difference maker at a position that really takes you to the next level.
1: Okay, I will be quiet about the twenty-five-year-old Pro Bowl safety from the Buccaneers uh, on the open market. As I covered Antoine as as-
0: Winfield's father, so like I, I, I did. know. A little, yeah, he was yeah. Uh, a great guy to teach you the game too. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Well, if they bring Jalen Johnson back, I think that's fine. I understand why they would have to, you know, use the budget accordingly. If they lose Jalen Johnson, I would hope that they're all in. On a guy like winfield just to have a difference maker impact guy in the secondary i think it's got to be for me either or i don't expect them to lose jalen johnson i think the the consensus is that they're going to try hard to make a deal ryan poll said he's not going anywhere but if somehow that falls through they can pivot quickly to put all those resources in that direction and i think that if you get winfield in that secondary that would be a nice way to recover from losing jalen johnson
0: in the team photo of uh safeties, I regularly enjoy talking to you. Eddie Jackson, David Haw, and Antoine Winfield Sr. are all in that
1: photo. So there you go. Only which one didn't play in the NFL? Okay, <laughs> that's a, it's just safeties, it doesn't that's a, you know, that's a, that's a I've got spot. a
0: safety from my fourth grade okay. flag football team that okay. I, you know, I enjoy talking right.
1: to. So. That's a safety. What do you think that um, the opening on the uh offensive line it, was that it, just? those resources are going to devote to replacing Cody Whitehair because they need a swing guy. What is that a a negligible loss? How do you view that?
0: Well, yeah, look, obviously Cody wasn't in the mix toward the end of this last season. Uh, I think the interior of that offensive line is going to need to get, Upgraded a little bit. You know, you, you, you figure that they're going to try to figure out a way to get a veteran center in here, uh, particularly with with some of the things that you're trying to do at the quarterback position. Um, and then you've just got to kind of feel it out with Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis in terms of their reliability and whether you're trying to, to bring in competition or whether you're trying to bring in depth there. Um, but that's going to be a priority for them in this, this next uh, six to eight
1: weeks. The question people will have big picture-wise when they look at the release of two you know, pretty good Bears. You can live with the release of white hair because he didn't really contribute last year that much. Can the Bears defense that finished the season as strong as it was, can the Bears defense be elite by replacing Eddie Jackson? Will it still be at the same level or will they have to take a step back because they're losing his savvy and experience?
0: No, I mean, the the, the savvy and experience is real and that's valuable, um, but you figure you're going to be able to upgrade in, in other areas and you're going to be able to complement the defense that was already coming along very well and now we'll have uh, Eric Washington to bring him along to another step and 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 here you go. You know, you've got chances to, to make a step up. I wouldn't expect them to regress, uh, but Eddie's absence is something that you got to compensate for now you just got to put that puzzle together however it makes sense and that's up to, to Ryan Poles and it will be up to Matt Eberflus to have his a in that matter as
1: well did Ryan Pace have a draft pick that was any better than Eddie Jackson
0: Well, I remember at one point writing a story about how there was like a, it was like a 22 minute span in which the bears drafted both Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen. And there was a point uh, in 2018 where, where you were like, man, like that's a a steal of a 22 minutes on, on day three of the draft to get two guys that were all pros, you know, Tariq as a uh, punt returner and, and Eddie as a safety. Um, No, I mean, it's hard to go down that list and find many that were, that were better, than Eddie Jackson in terms of what Ryan did, I think we're down to seven left on the current roster. That includes Justin Fields, includes Larry Borm, and includes Khalil Herbert. And so we're we're running out of guys that, that Ryan Pace had ties to, uh, but certainly Eddie and Cody were, were two of the better ones.
1: Who did the Bears draft in the first round that year of
0: 2017?
1: Uh, I recall. T- 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 <laughs> okay, enough, enough. And then of that.
0: round two, I think was your guy Adam Shaheen. <laughs>
1: Adam Shaheen. Oh, my. That was a George Kittle draft, too. And Mitch, Mitch out of work this week. That's the unfortunate development. Can't wait to see him land in Kansas City next to Matt Nagy, and they can both make money and laugh together. All right, so that's the personnel moves. Anything else about Eddie Jackson or Cody Whitehair, Dan, before we move on to what Kevin Warren had to say?
0: No, I mean, I think my last thing on Eddie is just if you remember the glory – stretch of 2018 when the Bears won 9 out of 10. You've got the touchdown that Eddie scored in Buffalo. You've got the touchdown he scored to uh, seal the the primetime win against the Vikings. And four days later, he scores the touchdown at Ford Field on Thanksgiving. It just felt, you remember the Bears dance to everything hashtag and how the whole world felt brighter in Chicago because the defense was doing everything they were doing. Eddie was a a big catalyst to that. and So that's just a, a nostalgic look back to a period of time that we are now trying to recreate with a new regime trying to take this team to new levels.